This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And joining me on this week's podcast, we have the one and only Dr. Richard Blackaby. Great to be with you, Sam. It's always a pleasure, Richard, as we uh, gear up for the festivities, the and not just my birthday. Yeah, well, of course, that's a, that's a, like a month-long affair, isn't it? It is. You know, the birthday week, birthday <laughs> month. <laughs> you know, that's... Yeah, I'm weird. still... I think it's been a month-long... Uh, upper respiratory issue that I've been wrestling with along with your wife. And I so, know. This yeah. thing just keeps hanging on there. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm, of course, referring to our nation's birthday uh, <laughs> and mine, uh, which yeah. is soon, the day after. Quite intertwined. Yeah. It's, I, I always had, um, you know, uh, water sports and fireworks for my birthday, <laughs> so that was that was nice. But um, on, on this week's podcast, we thought we'd uh, sort of dial it in here a little bit and uh, focus in on the small things in life. And uh, I think we're calling this one Think Small. So what do you yeah. what, what do you mean by that, Richard? Well, you know, I think so many of us, especially in the leadership realm, are always being encouraged to think big. Uh, uh, what, what's casting the, a vision. Yeah. yeah, casting a vision. It's got to be bold. It's got to be audacious. Uh, we, we've got to go for the mountain. Uh, we want that home run hit that uh, is a game changer. Of course, that's that's exciting. That's exhilarating. That's fun when that happens. Um, but a lo- but I think anyone who's been in leadership very long knows that a lot of leadership is much more of a grind day in and day out. Pre- yeah. Preparing, working hard, uh, meeting obligations, and uh, uh, working with people. And uh, and so I I think sometimes we can maybe even spend a whole day. Uh, focusing on things that would seem somewhat small to us, uh, just some administrative details, cleaning up some stuff, preparing this or that. Um, and we might feel like, well, n- not much happened today. It was a pretty uh, low-key day. Uh, and yet, uh, there's lots of evidence to show that um, over the course of a career, over the course of even a year, a lot of small things add up to have a big impact. Yeah, and so I'd, I'd like just maybe to think a little bit about: um, Are we missing some small things, some small adjustments, some small investments? That uh, if you just even knock some of those out, maybe while you're waiting for the home run hit uh, that hopefully will come, but in the meantime, are there some small things? And of course, there's there's several. Um, place in the Bible that talks about that. Zechariah 4, verse 10, one of my favorites, says, for who has despised the day of small things? And um, I I just love the idea that even God is saying, so many times the great work that God does uh, begins small. Uh, And of course, we we think often, and I wrote about this with the Ways of God book, uh, that oftentimes God's approach is to send a baby. and you think, well, this is a national crisis. They need a national deliverer, and you're sending a baby. And you mm. think, well, why would God start that small? Why, why not have something a little bit more full or grown than that? But, um, and, but the Bible often says, no, so don't uh, diminish, don't uh, write off something that is small, at least right now, because small things often have a way of getting a lot bigger. And um, and so there's, you know, there's the, the whole idea of that. And of course, uh, 
there's also the scriptural principle that if you're faithful with a little, God will give you more. And so uh, I think too often we we kind of blow off the small tasks, the small opportunities, the small improvements, because we're so busy wanting that decisive blow that we can strike. That uh, um, that we that it, had we been making a bunch of small incremental changes, uh, by now we might be having a much greater impact. And so you know, Jesus of course talked about leaven. The kingdom of God is like leaven. You can't even see it. It's just kind of mixed in with the lump of dough. But um, but it affects the entire lump. And uh, even though you can't really see it. Before long, the whole lump of dough is is impacted, and then of course he talks about the mustard seed as well, and says uh, um, that it, it, it one of the smallest seeds out there, and yet over time uh, becomes this great tree. And so, my question for our listeners today would just be: Are there some small things that you could address in your life, in your organization, in your schedule, uh, in your calendar that? Uh, if you did those well, if you gave uh, full attention to them, uh, might might over time bring great impact. And I, I also kind of just call this the the power of tweaks. And and I've I've worked with a number of leaders, and uh, sometimes I mean there's some leaders you work with and you think, wow, they need a major overhaul. We need to just strip this guy down right to the foundation and yeah. start over again. Uh, but most of the time, when I am working with someone who's uh, struggling in some way, you you realize that th- there are a number of tweaks that they could do, a- an adjustment here, an adjustment there, a change here, and they actually would could could greatly improve what they're doing. They could get better results. It, it doesn't always require an entire overhaul. Uh, and so, if you're regularly, I mean, every week making a tweak here, an adjustment there, uh, then it's not going to take all that long before you start to notice a difference. And so there's lots. And so I, I just was just jotting down um, a number of things that j- just examples, I guess. Uh, and and so these are kind of random, scattered, uh, all kinds of different things. Uh, but these might just serve as examples. What I really want to do is not give you an exhaustive list of all the small things that you ought to address in your life, but just to give you examples so that um, perhaps after the podcast, you take a few moments to reflect and just uh, evaluate your, your, how you're, you're leading right now and just ask God perhaps to just draw to your attention some, a handful of small adjustments, tweaks that you might make that uh, maybe small things that you kind of know need to be addressed, but they've seemed just too, they're kind of under the radar. They're not pressing. And so you haven't gotten to them yet. Uh, And so let me just give you a couple of examples. Uh, I was watching, it just kind of popped up on my Facebook uh, the other day. And, you know, there's a lot of um, churches, church services that will post their services, their live stream. And, uh, and this was a, a pastor from somewhere, a smaller church, uh, but I just, so he was just getting up into the pulpit and it was playing. I just kind of watched it for a second. But um, I'll tell you, I, I, it was almost, uh, you, you almost thought this is like a a parody or something. I mean, it's like, it's, they must be just kind of joking because this guy gets up in the pulpit and he, but he's looking down in his Bible, he's looking at his notes. And so, 
the first thing he does when he gets in the pulpit is he's, he is looking down trying to find um, the, the, the passage that he wants to begin preaching out of. And so he's sort of stuttering and mumbling and uh, trying to find his place. And I just thought to myself, if this guy, if this, if this is how he normally mounts the pulpit, uh, where he's not even looking at the audience, and he doesn't know, he's not prepared to, to start speaking, and he hasn't found his place. I, I would have thought that during that special music, right before his, he got up, that he would have found the place in the Bible, that he would have had his notes ready, he would have thought for a, a moment, what are the first words I want to come out of my mouth? Uh, and if I were coaching him, I would say, look, you've got just really a few seconds once you get in the pulpit to get people's attention. You need to be capturing their attention right away. Don't mm. don't get on the platform and be looking down. Grab their eye contact right away. Be staring out the audience. Step forward toward them. Be upbeat. Be smiling. Uh, be engaging. And this guy was so boring. Like I just, I could not fast forward fast enough to just move on to another page and get past that. And I thought this poor church, if this is what they're facing every week, um, and those are not big things. Like just knowing ahead of time as you step up on the platform, what are the first words you want to say? Like that, that doesn't take long to think that through. Yeah, finding the passage and having it marked so you can just read it when the time comes. But uh, even just consciously, uh, as you step behind the podium, uh, consciously looking very obviously out at everybody from side to side and, uh, and maybe even stepping up in front of the pulpit for a moment just to draw as near as you can. And little things like that could revolutionize someone's speaking like that. And I thought... I've only watched for less than five minutes, and I've seen several small tweaks that this guy could do with his public speaking, and I know that it would make him a better speaker. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's one. There's, uh, of course, as a public speaker, and we all have our Achilles heels. Uh, the for some, I know they they're going to continually say and um and um and um. I'm, I am a you-know person. I say that way too much. When, I, uh, when I'm not uh, as prepared or I, I'm tired or I'm not as focused, uh, the dead spots start getting filled up with you-knows. And, yeah. and oftentimes I'll hear myself saying it and I'll think, oh, I've, gotta, I've got to give a little more focus, a little more attention here. Uh, does it matter? I mean, you don't even realize sometimes how many times you could say something like, you know, in a 30 minute talk until you go back and count afterward. And then you Which think that's a painful, Oh, that's a painful is, process to it, go back and listen. And again, it's like, that's not a necessarily a deal breaker. It's not like that's the most important thing is that you don't say, you know, or, and, um, it just, it's a little thing really. Yeah. But little things, just little phrases here, there, uh, that you that keep cropping up are detractors, and if you cut all those out, it's amazing. If you if you gave the exact same talk, but one talk is laced with you knows and and ums, and another is free of them. Of course, that the the one that's free of them sounds so much more clear, direct, forthright, uh, succinct, 
and it's just going to be that much more effective. And but what I find, and, and these first two kind of talking a bit about just public speaking, but um, but you, but it, it's just the little attention to detail sometimes that can make all the difference in the world. And I I've told this story before, but uh, John Rockefeller, of course, famously back in about the 1870s was uh, was touring one of his uh, his uh, refineries, his oil refineries, and he saw that they were putting the oil in barrels and they were soldering the lids tight on them. And he just watched that and he went over and he just asked them, how many solders do you put on a typical oil barrel? And he, the traditional amount was 40. And so he said have you ever tried to do it with just 38 solders instead of 40? They tried it, and they and some of the barrels would leak now and then, but they found that they could use 39 solders, and it, it never leaked. And so, so they just cut one solder off of a barrel of oil. But he counted up how many thousands of dollars that saved him back in the 1870s by simply saving one solder a barrel. When you're, when you're selling thousands of barrels of oil, uh, once a, a solder a barrel starts to add up. Yeah. And, of course, that helped to make him fabulous, the, the wealthiest man perhaps in American history. Yeah. Um, and you would say, well, his real wealth came obviously from being in the oil business and having a monopoly almost in it. Yeah. And certainly that's where the, you know his, his main wealth came from. But uh, but he had a way of magnifying that, increasing that by little little adjustments here and there. And uh, and when you watch very successful people, they give attention to small details and yeah. little bit of attention here there makes a huge difference. Yeah, the details matter. And so a couple other ones just made for a break. Um, and again, this is another just very small. These are all kind of small, which is the whole point, right? Yeah. That um, it's not like it's a big deal, but it's a small thing. And so uh, I travel a lot. I speak a lot. And I'm not going to you know, present myself as uh, someone that's the most meticulous in all areas of appearance and dress and so on. But uh, but I, I travel with a, a steamer, a travel steamer. Partly because I'm not very good at ironing. I can iron if I need to, if I really need a crisp lines. But if you put a, a your blazer in your suitcase or your dress shirt in your suitcase, uh, you can... I mean, I know people that will stick everything, hang it up in the bathroom and run hot water in the shower. And I've done that before. But sometimes you, you've got less than an hour until you're on and you don't have time just to be running yeah. a, and you, sometimes you can't get hot water in, in your hotel room so can't get a lot of steam and so uh i've i've found that i'll try uh, as best i can to steam out those little lines and creases on my jacket or on my pants and uh, uh and i've seen pictures i people take pictures of me afterward and there's some where i'll see a crease still on my pants that i missed and uh, and it just detracts. It, I don't know why what it is, but you get a public speaker that has got all kinds of creases and lines all over his clothes, <laughs> and uh, that's why most speakers typically, if you're going to even just drive from your hotel to the venue, I'll usually take my suit jacket off, blazer off, just so it doesn't 
get a new crease sitting in the car uh, up against the car seat. Uh, does that make a big difference, uh, whether you've got a little line on your blazer or not, or whether it's all clean and crisp and line-free? Uh, well, all those little things do add up. If you've ever been in a business deal, high-level meeting, uh, one guy looks kind of frumpy. Uh, there's creases and lines and things aren't sharp. Uh, it makes a difference in your credibility, uh, whether people, how professional they think you are. Uh, yeah, well, you know, and I think there's something, I think certainly about dress that has really, uh, I think the norms around dress, um, I'm, I'm speaking particularly towards men, Yeah, has really, uh, the standard of dress, I think, has greatly fallen yeah. in, in and, recent times. And I think, a, a, you know, a big maybe driver of that is perhaps Silicon Valley, sort of the, the rise of the tech entrepreneur who can just wear a hoodie and a and jeans and you know there there may be the most wealthy person in the room um but there, i i still think there's something to be said about uh dressing well yeah and even if you are you know not wearing a tie anymore uh what you are wearing d does it fit well is yeah it, is it full of creases and lines and is it clean uh, there, you, even if it's you're dressing casually, you can dress sharp casual. Yeah. Um, where everything is in place and looks like it's supposed to, meant to be, uh, or it can look as if you just haven't really given a lot of attention to it. And so, yeah. But you're right. It's uh, we've certainly got more casual, uh, but sometimes when you just give a little bit extra um, attention to appearance, it. It, it might just be a small thing, like a crease or something, but but over time you you give the appearance of someone that's that, that gives attention to detail, that's on top of things, that's yeah. not oblivious uh, to their appearance or to what's going on around them. Um, another one, just I, there are times where uh, when someone asks you a question, asks your opinion, uh, I know people that will just take a moment. Uh, to pause before they answer. And again, not talking about a lot of time, but just to pause. And that's something that I've wished I've done more of. Uh, my dad was always uh, good about that. He would take sometimes a long pause yeah. where people weren't sure if they'd heard the question. But when he, when he did speak, people would be blown away by how profound it was. Right. And you would think, but, but I know people that the other person hasn't even gotten the entire question out of their mouth yet and they're already starting to give their answer and you might say well would a 10 second a 15 second pause make that much difference uh taking 10 15 seconds just to consider what i was asked before i began answering would that have a significant difference uh uh well it might uh it might because you've Instead of your mouth immediately kicking into gear, you've let your brain take a few seconds to consider first. And could that affect it? I mean, you might just say, if you just said, every time I get asked an important question, I'm going to just make myself pause for just a few seconds and think carefully about what I was just asked. Yeah. Um, and then begin giving an answer. Could 10 second, 15 second delay actually give me better answers, make me look smarter, make me look more thoughtful and attentive, uh, actually give a much stronger impression than if I just went ahead and, um, 
and just gave my answer. And, and maybe a similar thing to that, and this is one that I'm not very good at and I uh, feel bad about is um, that when when you meet someone and I'm and I'm meeting a lot of people and that's I won't make that as an excuse, but um, but my but my wife Lisa is so much better at this. Uh, she'll meet someone and then they'll tell you their name and uh, and she will take a moment to try to file that name away. Uh, I don't know that it takes all that long necessarily to do that, but um, but I oftentimes don't take those few seconds to to stop and try to place their name, their face, maybe try to think, how am I going to remember this name? Yeah. Pull it back afterward and file it away properly in your mind somewhere. Write it down. Um, again, that doesn't take long. And you might say, well, does it really matter? Next time you see the person, I'll remember who they are, even if I can't remember their name. But again, does it make an impact if you see someone the next time and you call their name and you remember what their name was? Yeah. Uh, if you now, how many seconds does that take extra into your time to just file that away properly so you can recall it later? Some of us, and I'll, I'll include myself in that. Sometimes I've just my mind's already racing with what I'm going to say and how I'm going to respond and other things. I just don't think it. It really. I just don't want to take the time to stop and mentally file away okay, here's this person's name. How am I going to remember that? And there's all kinds of little memory devices you can use, but that takes time, not necessarily yeah. a lot of time, uh, but it does take an investment. And again, to say, what, what if you, for me, that would be an area just even in this podcast, I think. If I were listening yeah. to this podcast and not talking on it, I think I would say uh, how, that's probably my thing. I need it invest a little more time in being and giving a little more attention to remembering people's names and um, file it away in a way that next time I see them, I can use it and call on it. And the the impact of that is really, I think, far larger than the amount of time it takes to actually remember oh, yeah. the name. For sure. Uh, another, again, just a small thing. Yeah. Well, uh, let's take a let's take a quick break there. And uh, we'll, we'll wrap up when we come back. I'm very excited about the online class that BMI is offering, When God Speaks. This is the first book I ever wrote with my father and perhaps one of the most important issues you'll ever address. How do you know when God is speaking to you? God speaks in many different ways uh, and God always has something life-changing, something crucial that he wants to communicate with you. You can't afford to miss what God has to say to you. Sometimes he may speak out loud, but often he speaks in numerous other ways as well. And you need to be alert to the numerous ways God may be wanting to communicate his will with you. This is a six-week course in which we'll look at all the major issues related to God speaking to his people. It's full of videos and studies that you can do, um, and I know it will bless your life as you Look very carefully at the various ways God may be wanting to communicate with you in these very important days in which we live today. So this this week's podcast is all about small things and uh, just the accumulative effect of of those small things, or just the 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 impact that it can have on others when we uh, take the time to do the small thing of even, like we said before the break, remembering a name yeah. of a new, of someone you meet. Uh, I know I, I, for one, I'm also guilty of 
not being very good at uh, recalling names, but uh, that's because I haven't taken the time to do that. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's not that we're not good at it. It's that we just don't work at it. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, really, haven't put we in... don't put the time into it. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, yeah, and there's just lots of different things. I'll, I'll kind of maybe rapid fire a couple of these just for time's sake. But, you know, even just recently, well, when the summer hit in Atlanta, uh, I turned on our irrigation system, and I kind of have it set up so it... I water my lawn about every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and and then my water bill goes up by about ten times what it is during the off season. And yeah. so I was looking at that the other day, and I thought, do I have to water three times a week? I mean, could I get away with two days a week? And so I just I just made that change recently, um, and of course I'm going to watch my lawn and make sure it's not dying on me. But I just kind of assumed that it need to be watered three days a week and maybe it doesn't. And what if I cut my water bill by a third because now I'm only doing it twice a week. And again, a small change, but that's quite a significant amount of money during the summer for me. For sure. And uh, again, it's I, I what that says to me, like I'm not trying to advise all of you on how to trim your utility bills, but to say small changes add up. Uh, a little thing like, questioning whether I, I just assumed I need to water three days a week, but what if it only needs two days a week? And what if I cut my utility bill there by a third? Um, would that, add, well, that would add up to some significant change uh, by the end of the summer. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's another one, another one that I've, and again, I, we've talked about this before, but it's sort of a thing with me. Uh, of course I'm on Facebook and I, I've got people that are friends, Facebook friends of mine that I'm not, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever met them. They friend requested me. And if they were a pastor or a church leader or something, I, I might go ahead and friend them back. But, but if, but, but every day it's going to tell me, remind me of who's having a birthday. And if it's someone I know, I went to school with this person, I was in church with them and they were in my Sunday school class or something. Uh, then I feel like I should uh, send at least a, a quick happy birthday of some some form, and, uh, and but I know people that they hate that the time uh, to spend to do that. Uh, they they just they don't they don't send birthday greetings. They don't expect anybody to. They don't want people to send them to them because they feel obligated to have to answer them. But um, I've just always thought it it never takes probably five minutes uh, for me. And I've got about, you know, 5,000 or so uh, Facebook friends. Uh, but still, every day there's only a handful that I know that I need to even write a note to. And you just think, and I try not to just write happy birthday. If I'm going to write them, I want to say something that's at least a, a prayer or a wish or a thought or something to yeah. encourage them with. Uh, but d does that... I mean, if you added that up over 365 days in the year, I guess that's a bit of a time investment, but it's usually about five minutes or less a day. Um, and yet I've had many, many people write back and say, what, what a wonderful prayer you prayed for me today. What a wonderful wish and what a blessing that would, I pray that will be true of my life. And, um, and so you think it doesn't take long, like just to, you jot down something very quickly and I'm a, I'm a slow typist. So it takes me a while to type stuff like that out. But, um, but the first thing in the morning when someone sees you wishing them a, a special day on, on their special day, 
is there is there an impact on that? Is there goodwill that you win from that? Um, and let me just mention a couple others real quickly. Uh, just sometimes just conscientiously taking a moment to smile. Um, I've even as a public speaker, I've found sometimes if as you get to the uh, sometimes we can get to the podium and our mind is so focused on what we need to say that we're, we, we we don't even realize it, but we're not smiling. We might even be look, look like we're frowning because we're so caught up in what we're, we, I got to remember to say this and remember the, this word or this name. Uh, sometimes just going about your day and consciously remembering to smile. Again, that doesn't take long, but do you think that has an impact when your people see you smiling instead of frowning? Yeah. Um, or when you're talking to somebody, consciously take a moment to look them in the eye. Uh, it's it's amazing, and especially in the this more modern generation, where we're used to looking at our iPhones all the time, uh, to to actually look someone in the eye when you're having a conversation with them. Um, the, the power that is there, a, a simple thing, like not just looking away, but, but actually looking someone in the face, in the eye, uh, when you speak, you, you'd be blown away by the difference. Something that seems kind of small might make, uh, or sending, uh, saying thank you uh, when someone does something for you, or even dropping an email or a text or a, even an actual thank you note where you just drop a quick note I, that always uh, is impactful to me. Uh, it doesn't happen that often anymore. We actually get a paper thank you note. Yeah. But when you get one, you realize, well, that would have taken a few moments. You got to get stationary. You got to handwrite it. You got to put it in an envelope. Got to find a stamp. Uh, but even all of that doesn't take all that long if you've got the supplies handy. Yeah. Uh, but again, a small thing. Uh, and uh, and then the impact it has, the goodwill that it earns you uh, can be huge. Um, another thing is just, again, this is a lot of this to do with public speaking, but, um, but especially when you're going to, maybe you're, you've been asked, would you say a, a closing prayer or say a, you know, a prayer at some point uh, to take just even a moment or two to think through what you're going to say before you do it? Yeah, that we think it's just very spiritual to be completely uh, extemporaneous, but sometimes investing just a minute or two to organize your thoughts uh, can make you the kind of person that keeps getting asked to say prayers because you always seem to be so insightful and have such important things to say. Well, I feel like it's amazing how uh, how often we don't think before we pray. Yeah, we just start in and. And you don't have to think for like two hours before you pray. You know, you could think even just a moment or two. And that's that's the whole thing. It's just a few moments of preparation. Just jot something down. Just to think about for a moment. And uh, but but the the impact, the results sometimes are much much larger than the amount of time you actually spent. Yeah, I'd say sometimes again, even just sending an important email, uh, take one to two minutes just to read back through your email. If you've ever had to answer a fairly detailed email, uh, I, you know me, I, I want to get the answer right away. But there's times where I've thought, okay, I really just want to hit send and get on to my next task. But I think probably taking two minutes to read carefully through what I just wrote um, and to edit it and clean it up and maybe take out that comment 
um again well and to even yeah like because I've, I've caught myself doing this before too but doing that i think uh saves you from also embarrassment of not actually answering the original yeah. question yeah right because <laughs> you, you, you get on to the next you know maybe there were two questions or three yeah and you oh okay and then you start firing off and then just don't proofread it yeah and and before you know it it's you you know it's like oh yeah, I guess I should answer the other questions you had yeah, too. I've I've had to actually send a follow up email like, oh no, yeah, I've, and, I've and definitely done that too. As, yeah, you know, maybe just one or two last things. I I think it's the the classic example is just taking time to sharpen your knife. Uh, it, yeah, it, it doesn't take that long necessarily to pull out the, you know, the sharpening block or whatever, and uh, and pull and just sort of. Uh, sharpen it up a little bit but uh but i mean the results for taking a few minutes yeah once you've got a sharp knife are so much more significant and i think in just so many areas of our life we don't want to take the couple of minutes to sharpen the knife but then we're we're plodding along all day with a dull knife and yeah um, and there's just so many areas in our work uh in our communication our people skills that just a little bit of investment here or there uh would have so many more dividends that it would pay back and yeah you know, just, well sharpening a knife it, it immediately of course made me think of uh a chainsaw <laughs> one of my favorite tools um, oh yeah it, you it's know it's amazing what all you can do with that yeah it is but cutting butter seems a little much sam <laughs> i know but it just i love that cause, you know that flavor <laughs> of grease and fuel but but having the difference between a sharp chain and a dull chain oh you know, if you're if you're having to cut up a tree for firewood or whatever, it's it you know, it's not even comparable. Yeah. Uh, the amount of work that you save yourself if you take the time to sharpen your chain versus just going after it. Um, and and you realize how foolish it is when you think oh, I really should I haven't sharpened this I should just take a few minutes and do that I don't have the time. Yeah. But then. But then you take twice as long. Well, because you, to do the work. I think it's that thing where you mistaken the activity for, I don't know, there's, I'm sure there's a way more uh, beautiful and succinct way to put this, but you say you don't have the time to stop and sharp, because I'm guilty of that as well. Like, I've, oh, I've got to just get out there and just get the job done. Mm-hmm. But you mistaken activity on the, on the project for, actual progress and and you don't or you you think of sharpening as something other than um progress towards your goal yeah because sharpening seems like well that's like a separate thing right it's like a distraction yeah it's it's like well that that's taking away from time i could be cutting yeah you know but no 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 that is actually precisely where you should spend your time because when you are cutting it it just you'll go through it so much faster. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe one last thing just to say is, uh, I, I find that when I'm starting up my day, I, I like to get up early, like to get to my desk. And what I, what I try to do is, and, and I've got all kinds of electronic outlook, uh, day schedules and planners and to do lists and so on. And I, I like all those things, but a lot of times I'll just get an old fashioned, uh, yellow post-it note uh, sticker and for that day I'll just write out where it's really obvious where I can't yeah. miss it okay at nine o'clock I've got this call and 10 o'clock I've got a zoom call and 
Then I've got this at two o'clock in the afternoon. I just kind of keep that in front of me all the time where it's really obvious. And I, and then I take just a moment to think through, am I prepared for that? Do I have my notes for that? Yeah. Do I need to do any more work and be ready for this? And, um, and I, what struck me is I came back uh, last week, uh, pr- pretty late on Thursday night and I was sick and tired and, uh, I, I was pretty empty and spent. And so I got up Friday morning and I thought that I, that day was clear. And so, uh, I, I had some things I needed to do around the house. I'd been gone. Uh, and so I just took off doing some things and, uh, and kind of just chilling a bit and, and trying to just take care of my health. And suddenly I, I, I noticed I've got a, a text message and I, I've missed a, a podcast I was supposed to be on and <laughs> just completely missed it. I don't do that very often. And what I realized was that I, I, I neglected my routine. I was tired. And I just thought, I'm just going to not do my usual routine of sitting at the morning, looking at my schedule, make, plotting out my day, making sure everything's in place. Uh, I got a little careless, and it was very embarrassing. I don't do that very often. Uh, just m- flat out miss a call uh, because I was distracted. But again, it, taking a moment, I, I feel like every morning, and just plotting out the day, praying over the day, preparing yeah. for it, saying, "Do I am I ready for these 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 meetings? These appointments are going to start coming fast and furious. Uh, am I ready? Am I organized?" And uh, again, you think, "Well, I'm going to save myself that time and just jump into the first activity." But partway through the morning, you realize, "Uh oh, I'm not prepared. I didn't get this ready." And um, yeah. and so then you sp- you end up wasting way more time than you would have spent. Uh, taking time just to prepare and focus at the beginning of the day. And so, you know, this whole talk has just been kind of amusing about the fact. And, of course, none of these issues may be anything our listeners deal with, but I'm certain that they do have their own issues of just small things. And so, um, yeah, hey, when you can hit a home run out of the ballpark and you win that big contract and uh, you, you achieve all kinds of success, that's wonderful. But when you're not doing that, there's lots of little things you can give attention to. And, um, and it doesn't, and it might mean you've done the same kind of work for uh, a year or two already. That doesn't mean that you can't make a small adjustment here or there and suddenly look more professional, uh, more wise, more thoughtful, more caring, more dynamic. Uh, and you, you might be surprised by how small a change it might take uh, to give you big returns as a result. Well, that's a great place to end it, but there's one bonus, and I'll <laughs> throw in one small change here at the end, uh, something my wife and I have done. This It's not at all uh, spiritual or leadership-oriented. Well, that's what I would expect from you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something we've done for a long time, but it's it's meal plan. Oh, yeah. And uh, because early on in our marriage, we realized we would waste so much time in frustration trying to think, what what are we going to eat this day or that day? And so we've always, at the beginning of the week, or on Fridays, rather, we'll decide, okay, what are we eating for the next week? And we grocery shop accordingly, and we've also, it it just saves us, it removes that burden, Mm -hmm. that mental burden. Yeah. And so I think making things to to automate your life as much as you can. And you have some, like, set 
set nights. Like, yeah, I think you have pizza night. Yeah, Friday, certain right? nights are they're always the same. So and you, so you, it's, it doesn't take a lot of work then to exactly. Yeah. So they're just that's a that's a little bonus uh, bonus yeah. small thing. But uh, yeah, this has been a, a good podcast and full of very practical uh, uh, just reminders of how small things can have uh, a large impact. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.